you are listening to the Josh and Lolly podcast. Josh and Lolly are two licensed marriage and family therapists who used to be married to one another but got divorced because Josh is gay. They're now best friends running their private practices side by side and raising their inclusive family together. Welcome. We're back here in Tacoma, Washington, back in our fancy recording studio again. With our with Doug, the master of recording. Yes. Hey, shout out to Doug. Shout out to Doug. <laughs> and we are doing this again for like the second week in a row. Who are we? Have you I've never met us? <laughs> Consistency? See, Don't know her. Never is, met her. Yeah, this is what happens when you have like an external an exterior person that's <laughs> impetus holding you accountable so <laughs> like pretty loose holding us accountable like hey show up at a time like, <laughs> but uh, we actually, it works we need that so that's why i was like oh this is actually gonna work because in fact that is what i don't <laughs> thank you doug in fact all of my people uh that helped me do that like I, mm-hmm. and Kyle, we, we work with a guy named kyle and i was just talking to him and, I, and he was like hey can you respond to my emails and i was like <laughs> I never will ever, but <laughs> we definitely need to have this consistent time where we talk. So yes. we will if we lock this in, we're good to go. Yes, this this is definitely <laughs> for a future episode in which we discuss families with ADHD. No divergence. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how There's do you even make that work? <laughs> It, yeah, that that is a big thing. It's a lot. It's a big. Yes. So we had kind of left off last time with talking about you know we got a divorce and then you know things are unexpected <laughs> like you you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. and how are things going to play out and i think that there was some really amazing things that have happened mm-hmm. and there were some really challenging things that happened and you know i think to start out on a positive note mm-hmm. um and I, I kind of touched on this, I think, the last episode was that some of the feedback that, that we were getting from people when we had announced our divorce. Like, I know Josh got a text from, like, a very close family friend. And I think all it said was, like, don't do it, yes, Josh. Don't do it, Josh. <laughs> like, don't get divorced. I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah. So, you know, lots of people weighing in and— publicly like i'm still surprised when i find old like blog posts by people that were commenting about our divorce and the there's this one that was just saying that it was we were being super selfish and we were going to uh hurt our children and that if he could look into their eyes and see reflected back that there was nothing horrible that had happened to them as a result of us getting divorced, you know, then he would take back all his words and all this stuff. But I didn't run into that article until years later after it it had been written. Yeah, it was like recently, right? Yeah, it was actually like a couple months ago. Right. And I thought that it was interesting because, yes, it initially it was hard for our kids. I think any child that goes through divorce— any family that goes through divorce, yes. it 
it is very disruptive. Mm -hmm. It takes everything that you know, your foundation, your family, and it just flips it upside down. And Mm. your security just kind of goes, you know, is very racked. Yeah. And especially for kids because it's like mom and dad. And so this is, you know, side note, I know that Josh and I had promised our kids that we would never get divorced. Multiple times, over and over. Mm-hmm. We genuinely believed it. Well, we were, were very committed. We were married yeah. in the Salt Lake Temple. Yeah. Same place, by the way, that both of our parents were married. Both all of, of our, our grandparents. grandparents were married, all in the Salt Lake Temple. Yes. And if you're not familiar with Mormon doctrine— when you're married in the temple, that's like a commitment that you are being sealed together for eternity. Right. And we were not taking that lightly. Like, I meant it. It was it was very serious. Yes. Yeah, we so, took it very seriously. You know, of course we're not going to get divorced. We had and, been married in the temple. And also, like, we were pretty, in a lot of ways, self-aware people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so, like, our, our communication was really good and— it was not like, yeah. like we were our that was our genuine plan. Like we were just like yeah. really truly just like, well, no, we're in this and we're in this together right. and we're gonna do it. Like we had had no reason yeah. to really true I mean, plenty of reason, but really, it's, <laughs> there it's was a weird, one reason. It was one tiny little thing. But <laughs> I guess that's I'm like, well, you know, the fact you were gay, but besides, besides that besides that little snafu, that little hitch. Things were going really well. They were well. going really well. <laughs> and we had kind of thought we had we had put that to bed. Yeah. We thought we had, you know, it's not that we had never considered that. Like, we considered that before the marriage. You know, like, Mm -hmm. we had been thinking about that constantly. So our presumption was that we had put that issue to rest. And we had made this decision. So as we told our kids, in total sincerity, it wasn't even, I mean, it was a different kind of delusion. Right. right? It wasn't like not looking at things. It was just like, hey, surprise, the thing you thought you put to bed, it's waking up. Yeah. (laughs) It's coming back for a visit. It it has come (laughs) back to life. And and so having promised our kids that and then seeing, I'm sorry, because I remember – Okay, the way that this happened, because sometimes mm. this is an interesting thing when people are like, okay, we're going to get divorced. How mm-hmm. do we tell our children? Which is a good question. Very valid. It's probably, I would say, the hardest conversation mm. that oh, a parent the, could ever yes, have. It totally is. Like, arguably one of the hardest. Yes. And we have very perceptive daughters. <laughs> Uh, you know, two therapist parents, and uh, we. I was driving in the van with the girls. This and, is so funny. Yeah. The optics of this right. were the worst. And Josh was driving. <laughs> Josh was driving to Portland. What was I doing? You were going to visit I was Carlos. Going to visit Carlos. So this was the okay. funny thing because at this point, Josh had already met Carlos, who lived in Portland. But to we, whom, this is my husband, yes. to whom I am now married. But yeah. the girls didn't know that Josh was dating. We're not going to like inter- – like they didn't even know what was ha- – so yeah, they we didn't. were way ahead of schedule <laughs> according to what they were aware of. Yeah. We were postponing discussions with them because uh, – was it because of the blog post? I don't even remember why we were – pro. I think part of it was just – getting emotionally ready. And we didn't know quite what it was going to look like. It was like very – 
it was very you and me mm-hmm. at first for a couple of months. So yes. we knew. And then I was doing this little dating thing as part of the you and me nucleus. We yeah. hadn't told a lot. Like, no. I don't think we had really told, except aside from a couple, like, completely close yes. people. And so <laughs> it's weird to look back on this and be like, how did this unfold? It felt normal. It felt, you know, yeah. it was what was coming naturally right. as it kind of and unfolded. But It doesn't seem that, from working with other couples, it doesn't yeah. seem like that's that unusual. Totally. Where they take some time to, you know, just figure out between themselves. What is happening? Who, you know, what are they going to tell their kids? When they are going to tell their kids? Right. Who are they going to tell? When are they going to tell them? So at this point, I think it. I, you were going down to visit Carlos. <laughs> and, and in the car. And the girls, you know, didn't know he was dating. But they could tell something was up. Some of them knew I was gay. But oh, not yeah. all of them. That's um, also an interesting thing mm-hmm. of telling your kid that you're gay. Which right. is funny because you never had to tell our seven-year-old you were gay. She just grew up knowing that. Exactly. She is now seven. So yeah. she just grew up in this she, knew this different yeah. circumstance than the other girls. And right. it's very interesting. It is interesting because, yeah. you know, we had to explain almost kind of what being gay meant to our oldest, who's now 16. Our seven-year-old just grew up knowing what it was, and it's not even a weird thing to her at, at all. all. Like, it's it's hilarious to hear Lexi talk. That, that's our seven-year-old talk to strangers about our life because she'll just open up the other day. She was like, well, you know, I have three dads. And so the way that that happened was, see, here's the story. My mom and dad were like best friends and they they really were such good friends and they got married. And then my dad was like, hey, I'm gay. And so then they were like, well, this isn't going to work. And so now they're not married. But now, you know, my dad's married and my mom's married. So I've got three dads <laughs> it's just, just very like so matter, matter of fact, fact. Just like, and yeah. in fact the other day she came home with this poster that was like one of those so she's in second grade like all about me posters yes and it's like three facts that are cool about alexa mm-hmm. she goes by alexa at school because lexi is just way too juvenile yes so she's sophisticated alexa the yes. second grader right. um her poster i was looking at it and the three facts that she had was one she could count to 100 so she I had mean. <laughs> yeah, gotta, I mean, you amazing. gotta like own that. Yeah, yeah, so she's got pictures displaying this. The other one was there was three men, and I was like, "What's what's this, Lexi?" And she's like, "Oh, that I have three dads." Oh, and that is something she identifies as being something really cool, cool. about her and, unique. and her life. Absolutely, and I love that. It's and, so sweet. And then we were like, "Well, that one's dad. We could tell which one was you right away." And then we're like. Oh, and then the other one <laughs> was a bunch of presents and the number two. And I was like, what, what is this? And she's like, oh, I get two Christmases because I have divorced <laughs> parents. So th- here are some of the positive things right. that I was this is- <laughs> about getting divorced for children. It's right. like she doesn't view it as a bad thing, right. our seven-year-old, because she was very young when this happened. Yeah. To her, she's like, I have 
ha- two happy homes. Right. And and so and the double Christmas, man. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I would have loved that. Who? It's cool. It, it, it is cool. It is. It's I, very I guess fun. I didn't have that growing I, up. But I also did not the get you double Christmas. No, <laughs> Unfortunately, my parents are both Stay still together. happily married. How dare they? No. How inconsiderate for Christmases. Like. Yeah. No, I'm I'm very grateful for my parents Likewise. and their example Likewise. of love, and they are ridiculously in love. Your parents are adorable. Yes. So, um, going back, if I can even trace my Sorry. brain back. No, I think I took us on that tangent. It was oh, telling the girls. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, our older girls, we did have to tell them that you were gay. Right. And my grandpa was gay. And so, yeah. I had already kind of told them about him. He died of AIDS when I was 14. Um, and so they they had a reference point of what being gay was, and then and then you we told them. Do you remember what their reactions were? Um, in this moment, when okay, first of all, I'm needing to point out. Mm-hmm. Yes, you heard that correctly. <laughs> Wally's grandfather was married to her grandmother. Mm-hmm. Mormon marriage temple. Yep, and he was gay, and he left. So. Multi-generational trauma, multi-generational repeated stories. This is something that Lolly and I were well aware of as we were embarking on our journey. There's a lot of complexity there that we can't get into here talking about this. We should again because like my grandma knew that Josh was Mm -hmm. gay before I married him. She was like, please do not marry him. Yes. Because she had been through the pain. So – and, you know, people might look at me and be like, you are so stupid. Like, what kind of an (laughs) idiot are you that you saw what happened with your grandparents and you still went ahead and did it? I'm like, well, eventually my grandma did pull me aside and say, hey, you know what? You and Josh are different than me Mm -hmm. and your grandpa. And – And I see the friendship you have, and so maybe you can make this work. This is coming from a woman who had gotten divorced because her husband moved to Hawaii to be with her love. He had to kind of do it in a different way. He did. Well, it's a different time. He had to fully uh, extricate himself from the situation. There was not going to be any, like, there was not going to be any support. This is the 80s. Yes. Maybe oh, late seventies. When when did he? I was one. So you yeah, were one. So late seventy nine. Oh, now everyone knows how old I am. <sighs> oh no. Uh, <laughs> yes, but yeah, no. Seventy nine so, when he left yeah. my grandma and they were living in Salt Lake. There's not a, a there was safe zero community. safe space there. He had to fully extricate himself in order to do the thing he was doing. Yes, and you know so. That required a severance of, I assume, a severance of ties that was probably really painful to grandma and to him. And a lot more complex and a lot more traumatic to everybody. Mm -hmm. And For sure. uh, But yeah. So so there's that. So yeah. You guys will Stories repeat. This is also how our brains work. We just kind of like go. (laughs) We we, we tangent. We try try to rein it back in, but you're seeing the ADHD brain at work here. This is is fun times. (laughs) So, you know, there's that. And and again, you know, when people have questions, you can write in questions. So if you're like, I'd like to know more about Lolly's gay grandpa and that. Into the, into Patreon. Yes. Where you can okay, feel free. Um, but so Anna, 
when you told her. Okay, so are we talking about telling her about gay or divorce? First, go with the gay. Gay was um, <laughs> Lolly and I still thought we were absolutely staying together. I had come out publicly on the in in our blog. The whole like viral thing had happened. We were still very like thinking that's what the universe wanted from us and what was right for us, right? <laughs> so it was very much like, hi, uh, I think. Well, Anna what was, was the also, actual conversation? Well, we had like I remember Nightline. going to a I remember going to a concert that night. Oh with yes, her. but part of it was. We had Nightline there interviewing her, interviewing like – and I was like, why do these people even care care? about our life? My parents are super boring. Like why are they getting so much attention? So she had been picking up on things like that. Right. And then – what happened? I can't remember God, the exact moment. Matter. Can just, you remember the exact moment? No, I just remember what she said. I remember said. writing a blog post about it, but sometimes that happens to me. If mm-hmm. I write about a memory, I kind of lose the original memory and only have the So you can go memory. to Josh's blog. Go to my archives. <laughs> and read <laughs> and this it. This will be circa 2013. Yeah. Yeah. No, but what what is it that you remember? I just remember her looking at you and saying, I, I still love you, Dad. Like, and just— Oh, it's coming back to me, actually. Mm. She didn't want to hear. She oh. could tell we had a thing that we were going to say. I was playing in a concert. I was in an orchestra because I'm a nerd. And I and I, and she was she played the violin at the time. She has since quit. So she was going to come watch me in this concert. And Lolly came, too. And it was like this. We went out together. Oh, Do you right. remember this? Yes. So, like, I remember putting her on the stage and it— being very idyllic and and we were gonna like tell her this thing and she was like uh, I I don't think I want to know I'm I don't, uh, she was just like really hesitant mm. kind of like would ask but then kind of like would hedge and not want to know and I think it was when we got home mm-hmm. and we were in the bedroom is yeah that right yes and then I do remember what you're saying and she and so what was it that you remembered that she I just said? remember her being very sweet about it and mm. just saying this doesn't change That's anything right. for me it like, was so sweet I I love you I. I think our second daughter, Viva's response, which we waited a couple years to tell her, I think she was more like, Dad, are you going to leave mom? Because the thing she said was like, I'm staying with mom. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. She's like, BT, like reading the tea leaves. She's like, when you guys leave each other, you know, like when this all falls apart, which is really funny because it turns out that she also is gay. (laughs) Right. Cut two years later, she comes out, right? But like, so she sees this thing very clearly and in a different Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. and is like, if it's between you and mom, I'm going. She didn't say it like that, but yeah. But yeah. That's funny. But after a while, she's like, okay, I love you. But we hadn't told our third daughter. Right. And so then the when rewind everybody so that I can take you back to our original story of how we told our daughters we got divorced. Right. We're, Josh is going down to see Carlos, who he was dating. Oh, so we're going back to the – so yes. we're fast-forwarding, actually, several years from – so we – okay, right. Rewinding in time in the episode. <laughs> I got you. Sorry. Fast-forwarding. Yes. Fast-forwarding in time in the narrative. <laughs> wow, this is getting confusing. Because, <laughs> like, I know you and I track, yeah, but I'm like, right. how are we translating this to anybody else? <laughs> what? Other people don't just follow, follow our language? Follow these circuitous paths? Yes. This is so strange. Like, but yes, okay. We have to, like, in the show notes, like, have, like, this – this timeline diagram. There's like graphs. Like, yes. <laughs> it's that lady, the meme of the lady looking at like numbers, like confused. 
confused. Like, yes. Yes. So, okay. So this, you know, telling the girls happened between like 2012 and 2017. Like those stories were between 2012, 2017. 2017 is when everything was going down. And so the story you were about to tell. It's 2017. This is 2017. I'm on my way to, I am, the optics could not have been more horrifying. I am literally driving to see this guy that I've met, that I've started dating, who I've ended up marrying. But at the time, it was very, like, new, right? Yes. And, like, all of it's feeling, we we felt confident in what we were doing, but it's all terrifying. Mm -hmm. And, like, lots of internal questioning is happening Mm -hmm. when, when you're making a huge life change of that magnitude that literally goes against all of the indoctrination of your childhood on yeah. like numerous levels even even though internally both Lolly and I not to speak for you but uh, we're going to do that yeah, so much sure. right yeah, but yeah right. Lolly and I were I'll, very I'll confident you'll clarify you call me out if <laughs> I say the wrong thing like no Josh you're like not wrong, my experience incorrect how <laughs> dare you yeah so we uh we were both pretty confident and we knew what we were doing we didn't mm-hmm. start acting until we we were really yeah. confident in what we were doing and so but anyway but that didn't change the fact that there's these these this nebulous like mass entity of like doubt and like old voices constantly yes. barraging mm-hmm. the situation for both of us um and so <laughs> so that's the context in which this occurs so yeah so <laughs> We have a DVD player in our van, so my younger two daughters were watching a movie. Yeah. So they had headphones on, so they didn't hear this. My older two daughters, like Anna out of nowhere, is like, Mom, are you and Dad getting a divorce? (laughs) And I have made this my policy that I do not lie to my kids. Like, if they ask me a question point blank, I'm going to answer them correctly Mm -hmm. and truthfully. Um, Sometimes, like— you know, if there's information that I don't want to share, yeah. I won't necessarily. But if they ask me directly a, a question, question, I am going to give tell them That's the truth. That's right. You're going to try and keep it age appropriate yes, when necessary. Yes, exactly. But like, yeah, we don't lie yeah, to our I, kids. Right. So need, like that's no. kind of a feature of how we run. Yeah. Our so, yeah, it is always age appropriate because they've asked a lot of questions over the years. For sure. But, you know, and I was like, oh, no, how? And Cornered. so, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to have to answer this. Josh isn't here. So I'm like, call Josh on the phone, <laughs> patch him into the van like, so that he can be present for this. Can you imagine? I'm driving down to Portland to do my. What half of my brain is, like, considering the most, like, evil, it's sinful. Like, I don't actually believe these things, but I'm doing the sinful, like, evil thing. It's actually not evil or sinful and was beautiful and has mm-hmm. been a beautiful relationship. But yeah, I get a call old, from Lolly. Those yeah. are the old messaging mm-hmm. messages. Do, do, do. You know, like, hey, Lol, what's happening? And I'm like, like, um, so I'm here <laughs> in the van with Anna and Viva and... Well, Tessa and Lexi, but they're not listening. And they asked if we're getting a divorce. And I I just wanted you to be a part of this conversation. And I know that this is so hard. Like when I sit with clients in this and they're like, how am I going to tell my kids? Seriously. Um, And so like 
Josh was there on the phone, you know, and I, and I said, yes, yeah, dad and I are going to get a mm. divorce. And they asked a lot of questions. That, and they cried. Yeah, they did cry. It was heartbreaking. They yeah. Were, they, were, they reacted they, in the way that yeah. kids will react to this piece of information. Yes, yeah, so they did cry. And so— I think one of them even maybe said, like, no. Right. Like, just uh, like, it's heartbreaking. Especially when I still loved you and, yes. like, we still had something very special. So special and so yes. it's like— and so I'm like, you guys, Dad and I still love each other. Yeah. It's just Dad can't love me, you know, the way that that I need to be loved. And he needs to be able to be loved and love the way that he needs to, yeah. to be loved. And they— they understood that, and they were like, "Yeah, no, we we understand that. It's just sad, and what does that mean?" And and at the time, we were still like, "Well, we're still going to be a family, totally." And we still wanted to do this homestead idea mm-hmm. of like, I mean, we'll just tell you in my our grandest dreams, <laughs> I had envisioned a um. Big mansion. Oh, a big mansion. Right. Yes, yes, and yeah. so I'm, I'm talking very large mansion. I mean, yes. So, like, large with enough wings, that, like, like yeah. that, that, North this wing, was, This was actually, wing. we talked about this the mm-hmm. night of. The mm-hmm. night we decided to split, I had just been on a trip and in the house that I was on a, like, a little writing retreat oh, right. with some friends. And in the house I was in, it was it had two wings mm-hmm. that were very distinct wings. And so, like, this is kind of where... Like, we were, like, talking about—anyway, so the, these ideas kind of bubbled up. From and somewhere. This idea of homestead. Yeah. And, and this idea of, like, maybe having a space where it was very divided and we were living mm-hmm. our living our independent yeah. lives and yet still right. together. I still have to explain this concept to my husband right now. But, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, in, in my mind, there's this middle section where right. the kids would live and the kitchen was and all of that. And then on the other wing would be— my house with my future spouse and we'd have a kitchen and all this and the kids would never go in there. It would be a sacred space for just me and my spouse. And on the other wing, on the other end, would be you and your spouse. And there the kids would enter and we would all enter. It would be us switching being in the middle space and going into our own space. And like, you know, because division of labor is important. Mm -hmm. And so it would be like when one pair shut the door, the other pair yes. is fully in charge yeah. and kids know to not. We actually lived a version of this for a period of we time. We did. Yeah. And so, like, that was the dream. Obviously, that's very pie in the sky, and I think lots of people could see that. I'm still not opposed to it. No, I, <laughs> you know? honestly, we're just, kind of, we kind of talk about it on a weirdly regular basis. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not out of the plans. It's just sometimes things— Take a minute. Right. And here's the thing. Like, we'd have to build that house, really. Yeah, there's no, like, <laughs> so. I mean, I'm not close to the idea that it exists somewhere. It could. Yeah. But, like, In most Tacoma, likely. Washington? Like, most I, likely. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I, Maybe that giant the universe never hotel conti- that right, they're doing. <laughs> where we all get that big mansion. But, but, <laughs> like, the seven million. And we're like, mm-hmm. Yes. You live in the rectory. <laughs> <laughs> so... Like, that was what we're going off of. Right. Like, it's okay, guys, we still be a family. Like, we're still going to live 
either in the same house or we're going to live close to one right. another. Right. And so that kind of calmed Soothed them. them they down. knew that the plan was a continual family yes. thing. Yes. And I am going to check in with Doug. Are we about halfway into our – so I'm not so great at checking the clock Who here. Who needs time? We are entering into an intermission, if you will. <laughs> the moment is called. Yes. So we're going to give you a second to step away if you need to. And but don't because we want you to listen to the <laughs> So we'll be back in a minute. No couple goes into marriage wanting to get divorced, but as our story shows, sometimes things get complicated. If you're needing a resource as you and your partner decouple, try Josh and Lolly's Divorce Course, which will be available for download soon. Right now, enjoy early bird pricing on our divorce course by going to our website, joshandlolly.com, and click on Online Courses. Welcome back to the Josh and Lolly podcast. We are just here chatting about some of the things that were going on when we were mm-hmm. when we were telling our kids about what was happening with divorce, et cetera. Right. And and so just had recapped kind of telling them and how hard it was. And so right. if I had read that blog post that I was referring to where they had said can you look in the eyes of your children? Heart, they're heartbreaking and tell me that you're doing the right thing. I'm glad I didn't read that yeah, at the time because same. I would have been like, oh, he's right. Like, we're hurting. I'm them. a horrible human, but mm-hmm. I actually didn't read that till years later. And then it was interesting because at that point, our second daughter had already come out to us yep. as a lesbian. And to me, I was like so grateful so glad. that we had done what we had done. Absolutely. Because I was thinking about her and how mm-hmm. would that have been for her to be like, well, my mom, my dad's gay. He's still married to my mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm gay. What do I do with this? And she would have had some wrestling that she would have had to have done even more wrestling. Totally. But because we had done what, you know, we had gotten divorced, we had, you know, followed what we felt like was the best thing Mm -hmm. for us. And like what we talked about in our last episode about when parents are living their own truth, that that is a good example for other kids. Absolutely. What we did essentially was paved the way for our kids to be able to live truly authentically regardless of, you know. Yes. So, like, our oldest is, like, kind of notorious – not notoriously, but she has known she was straight from the jump. She's just, like, I – she's very affirming. Oh, extremely And, like, wanted to, like – you know, she was always in, like, the LGBT alliance clubs and stuff of, like, very loving. But she has just known from the jump that Mm -hmm. she just likes guys. And I can't blame her. No, I'm just kidding. But, like um, (laughs) – I don't blame her either. Neither of us really (laughs) can blame her. Um, But so, like – yeah, and so, but it just opens space. Like, so Anna, the oldest, is able to be exactly who she is and mm-hmm. knows that that is available. And then Viva is able to ident- identify who she is and come to know herself and present herself in a space that is um, cleared of debris. 
mm-hmm. of of like residual debris or to a large extent. Right. Uh, I'm sure there's like corners we don't see. Oh, and yeah. we're not trying to say that there's like a perfect and she's way. She's still trying to figure things out, which absolutely, you know, is is common. Every LGBT identity journey mm-hmm. has some complexity. Really, arguably, every personal identity yeah, journey has sure. complexity. You know, and like our third daughter, like some of her good friends are like non-binary mm-hmm. or, or trans, trans yeah. and she's such an advocate too. She is like, adorably. <laughs> she's like in sixth grade, and she's one of the best allies I have yes, ever seen. Like it's the adorable. Uh, the other day, I was at some. I was somewhere dropping a child off somewhere, and I was commenting on someone's outfit, and I said, oh, look at her outfit is so cute. And Tessa was like, mom, you are assuming her gender. She does that. You are assuming gender. And I was like, um... I'm I'm sorry. Like she does that, and and it's um it's very genuine. It's like oh, very yes. like it's like so like not even trying, to, like you know, it's not trying to like have a because she's done this to me as well, mm-hmm. and it didn't feel like a got you. No. It's, it's a very genuine like yeah. oh you mean they, and I'm like right. you're absolutely right. Yes, I don't know their gender, and I do mean they. She like is like with yeah. animals too. She oh, loves right. animals. Like, we're petting a kitty. I'm like what a cute little girl and she's like mm, you don't know that Let, yeah. let's not let's not make assumptions yes here. <laughs> which i think actually i'm sure we are gonna have some listeners that are like yeah i want to talk about this like we absolutely like should these young kids and how come they're all how come everybody now all of a sudden is lgbt so that is I definite. We will talk we about it in, in more detail, but so. I am going to just say really briefly: mm-hmm. it is definitely not everybody. It is a higher mm-hmm. percentage, and it, it's not there's a just, trend. It's not a trend. <laughs> there's just more. The trend is acceptance and love of mm-hmm. people for who they are, and that trend allows people to be who they are. So you're seeing that shift. Mm-hmm. People often compare this to. And I think it's a very good comparison to left-handedness. Yes, yes. That when left-handedness was allowed, suddenly, like, the number of people who were left-handed rose by a huge degree. Mm-hmm. The percentages were still low, but it went from something like 7% to, like, 11%. 4% increase of population as a whole right. is, like, literally millions of people. Yes. And so, so that's yeah. why you're getting that phenomenon. Like, it feels like this phenomenon where everybody—but it is not mm-hmm. everybody. Right. It isn't everybody. Right. And, and sometimes kids might just be— Exploring and there's and ha- room for that. Yeah, we just need yeah, to yeah. allow them to do that. Mm-hmm. But so I am glad for that that piece, yes. like that I allowed our kids to be themselves and not have to worry. Um, but in terms of like challenge, other challenging things. Mm. Um, so sometimes people are like, what's going on with you guys? Like, are you are you married? Did you get remarried? So here's here's the deal. Like, I I got remarried. Uh, we had what, our two-year anniversary mm-hmm. back in June. His name is Jake. And Josh got remarried. Sure did. Uh, in, a couple months after I did. Yep. Um, to Carlos and 
here's the thing. Our our cute, adorable husbands are both very private. <laughs> they are very introverted uh, Very private people. Private people. And it's hilarious because then they married us. <laughs> the two of us that are like, let's do this. Let's, let's start that. Let's, let's publish that. Yeah, let's do a YouTube channel. Let's talk about podcast. Let's talk. Like, let's get vulnerable and talk about our deepest, darkest. Right. And they're both like, or not that. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's that piece. We are but, doing this with their support and love, yes, by the way. Yes, yes, yes. They, they're all, they're both very supportive. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it was interesting. I think, I think Carlos transitioned into our family a lot easier. It, yes, um, right. And part of that is because we knew Carlos for a while. It was Josh slower. was dating him for quite a bit, mm-hmm. and. We slowly introduce the kids, which I do highly recommend this. Absolutely. In, um, ide- in an ideal world, that's yeah. the way it should happen. That's and, the way it works yeah. best. Yeah. And if you meet Carl, he's just the most adorable person ever. Like, my family has, like, a, a saying that everybody needs a Carlos. Because, it's very true. <laughs> because everybody I'm, needs a Carlos. Yes. He's been so helpful and so, so sweet. sweet. The girls adore him. Mm. Like, he's the one that's running out and buying tampons. For the he girl. does do that sometimes. You know, and you do it, too. But, but like, no, for like, a stepdad. For a stepdad, he's, like, able to – he's just, mm-hmm. like, very – he is game for – being yes. a, a loving, helpful yeah. parent. He's so sweet. And so, like, from the moment that I met Carlos, I was like, oh, he is just precious and a keeper. And I was so proud of you. I was like, Josh, you did such a good job. I don't know who I was envisioning you finding. Like, Me either. But I was scared. <laughs> you're like, you're going to find a dumpster fire. It's going to be awkward for everyone. <laughs> so when Carlos comes, I was like, oh, he could not be any more amazing and just (laughs) so kind and considerate and he didn't have any kids Mm. either and so that made the blending very nice and um so yeah i think that was kind of like smooth but (laughs) i waited to date like because my heart was still you had a breaking because i still loved you like so we had to go through this space i remember we decided to get divorced and I was like, um, Josh, maybe could you not sleep in the bed with me? <laughs> like, we're like, what's a boundary? Right. Like, but like, yeah, yes. like it started very like, yeah. it was like, you know, you're so accustomed to certain things. And yeah, mm-hmm. you were like, yeah, I need you to uh-huh. not be in this room. Right. And I'm like, oh, right. So, so. he had to move into a different room mm-hmm. of the house. and And he's always been like would hold my hand when we were f- just friends and just physically just, yeah like very physically affectionate mm-hmm. and i was like i can't have you be doing this this is just it's too hard for totally. me because i still loved him yes. and he, and i remember you saying lolly i love you just as much as i ever have and my love for you hasn't changed and i was like but josh like my love for you has well that to was change. the whole thing Right? Like, that yeah. was the whole thing. It was the whole thing that happened. It, uh, you know, I, I, uh, it was like, of course I was, uh, I mean, I, I, 
it was that it was the whole um, we and we knew that this was happening, mm-hmm. right? Even when we wrote the blog post, it, we were aware that you were having to sever an attachment mm-hmm. bond, a romantic attachment romantic bond, attachment. and I didn't have to, right? Right. And so, like, it was gonna be a situation where, like, the pain was going to be different. And a lot more intense for yeah. than so, for me. Yeah, I had to do a lot of emotional work around our relationship right. and my feelings. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And there were these moments as I was, like, falling in love with Carlos, falling mm-hmm. in love with someone for the first time, mm-hmm. where I was having insights into, like, oh, this is what love is because I had not mm-hmm. known. Yeah. And then it was, like, even more heartbreaking to be, like, this is what Lolly is letting go of. Yeah. I remember, was it a letter or was I talking to you? It was a letter. In camera. You, it was you a re- letter. Yeah, yeah, but you also recorded. <laughs> That's right, because we were recording lots of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so the time. that is on our That's YouTube why. channel. That's okay, why. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, this moment where I was like just able to see finally what she had been trying to give me mm-hmm. and what I was not able to give in return and why that was heartbreaking and also why it was important that we were doing what we were doing because it was like you deserve like now that i can see it i was like no you need somebody that is like as lovely as my intentions and whatever Mm -hmm. and devotion or whatever friendship devotion was Mm -hmm. it is not the thing no it's not and i like to point out that in relationships like good relationships you give to your partner and they give back to you. Yes. And it's this feedback loop in which you uh, are constantly nourishing each other. There's a reciprocity of nourishment. Yes. That's exactly and, right. And so, but, you know, friendship, there's a different giving versus yep. romantic love. And so I'm giving this romantic love continually. and It's hitting deaf ears. Yeah. And, like, so we were doing the thing where it's, like, because, you know, we're, like, yeah, that's so true about, like, we both – it's not 50-50. We're both needing to give 100, right? Mm-hmm. But your 100% was the 100% of a loving, devoted, connected, romantic partner. Mm-hmm. And my 100% was of a really, like, super connected, loving friend. Yes. But that is not a match. No, it's not. In terms of who is giving what, yeah. in terms of the feelings and the emotional output. Yes. And so so there was a lot of – I mean, that's part – I think arguably this is why it was so, so painful yeah. is like you're constantly giving this thing and I don't – it's like a language I literally don't speak and you're just mm-hmm. like – yeah. How painful is that to be constantly putting that out and getting nothing right. back? And that's where I think I was saying I was becoming a nub of a person because oh, right. I just was giving and not receiving it back so totally. often. And then as you were falling in love and you would say mm-hmm. things like, oh, I don't even – I didn't even know what it was like yes. to hold – someone's hand who I loved and like those were just like daggers to my heart oh at the time yes because I remember you met just this random guy and went to Fred Meyer or something or walking and you brushed hands and like and for the first time felt the electric charge of attraction I was like oh this yes and then I then you hear about that and you're like 
Okay, so yeah, I'm like, well, I'm glad that the 16 years, years of, of marriage, our devoted marriage, and like, the friendship beforehand. Right. Could not beat the random dude this at random Fred Meyer that you went on one date with, <laughs> and the electricity like, was flying. And which I, is so <laughs> interesting, right? Like this is why it is so obscene to promote an ideology where gay people would ever uh, feel pressured to marry somebody right. that is, or anybody would feel pressured to marry someone that's not of their orientation. Yeah, like you know. The experiment has been tried, and it did not work. Uh, yeah. People, uh, we're not trying to we're not trying to talk about other people's marriages or anything as we say that. Right. Be- At the same time, yeah. This data, these data points, and the way we're expressing them um, are interesting things to take yes. into account. And and I think maybe that's like a good place to kind of pin as we end this was to just talk about you know wrap it up to say that that was that was where we were at like that was that was challenging but ultimately it was a good thing Mm. and I am grateful for where I'm at now but again still from that for where we are now to even the point we I just left off where I finally felt like I was in a space where I could go, I could date. Like, a lot has happened. And so, you know, stay tuned for our next episode (laughs) as we get into the extremely interesting dating life that was my experience. And I, it it was fascinating. It was fascinating. (laughs) Well, no, it's interesting. So I hope you'll join us again next week. Bye. Bye. If you like our podcast, feel free to check out our other socials, including our YouTube channel. Just type in Josh and Lolly in YouTube. Our Instagram and website, joshandlolly.com. Now for a boring disclaimer. While Josh Weed and Laurel Weed are both licensed mental health professionals, listening to this podcast does not constitute therapeutic relationship. This program is intended to provide general information only. For counsel pertaining to your specific situation, please consult a local mental health professional. The advice and opinions expressed in this podcast are specific to the particulars of each episode and or each participant. Don't let the world